I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with a four-part special from one of my favorite showcase projects, the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts, presented in a whole new way this year, because that's how we roll in 2020. I have put together a four-part special about the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts, and this year's presentation is vastly different from what you've become used to, because that is just how everything is this year. Everything's different, and so we have to adapt, right? So this is a combination of live and phone-recorded interviews with the designers from this year's showcase. Live. Yes, I did make the journey out to the house, and while I saw it, I did not see every room, Um, and I'm bummed about that but it wasn't possible. I spent the majority of my time by the pool, which sounds great. Sadly, I was working because like you, I could uh, I could really use a pool day right now. I didn't get to really dig into every room as I usually do, but I did want you to hear from the designers of this year's home, and I'm turning this into four episodes. This is episode four, featuring Joey Ramirez and Jeannie Chung. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger, a forward-acting brand that has built on the promise to provide designers and architects with the right materials to do their best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. This is a family business with over 65 years of global product discovery, sourcing, and manufacturing the finest products available. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program to make the specifying process simple with the support you need. They also have been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. Check out their collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan, a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Please also make sure to join us for an interactive video series called The Showroom, where you can find some of the most innovative designers talking about their creations. This is just another example of how Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. Check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com. The Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts is just such a fun project um, and it's got such a great heritage and history. And Joey, I'm curious, in taking on the project this year, you took on a really interesting space with challenges galore, angles, light, um, all steps, all kinds of things. So as you explain this, I'm curious what your thoughts were when you first saw the space and how did you come up with the design that we're about to go into? The first moment I went to the house, I actually ran out. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> uh, but it was very challenging. It's normally my, not my style of design. Uh, if I have a style, uh, I, I don't but I've never really done a house with so much traditional details. And I thought if I'm going to do this project, I have to be very respectful of the home's architecture. So 
the first time I went there, I spent about a good two hours just walking back and forth in the room and around, inspecting all the different angles. And like you said, it's multi-level. Um, so from, from the main bedroom area, you go down a couple steps to the closet area. And the existing space, the closet was very, I mean, the whole house is very um, segmented. So it's room after room after room. It's like a maze. It's like, okay, how do I get out of here? You know, so it's like a racetrack plan. Um, but every section of it have a door separating it. And the ceiling looked really low. Uh, so it was very scary to take on uh, for a very short period of time to finish it for, you know, the normal schedule of showcase. Um, so it, it, you know, I mean, it took a lot of courage to say, okay, we can do this challenge. Um, and you know, without the support of all the sponsors who were just like rooting for me, like, hey, you can do this, you know, let's do it. Um, and so, so we did. Uh, and spending time and letting the architecture really speak to me. And then I started imagining what it was like in the late 30s when this house was originally built and the type of uh, profile of clients that the architect had during that time, Gerard, uh, Gerard, I remember his first name. Um, and, you know, and I imagine he, he's, uh, he's such a high profile architect doing Hollywood elites that time. Uh, so I'm like, okay, we have something in common. I can work with this. <laughs> so I imagined a client uh, at present day who is like a very glamorous Hollywood elite person who wants a home that they can go home and relax and feel like they're in an upscale hotel room without leaving their bedroom. So that was the initial inspiration for, for the space. So funny you say that because, you know, I, I've said for a while now, I think that the really strong designers don't have a, have a style per se, but instead they have a fingerprint. Like you can look at a designer space and you can, you can tell the designer by little things that they'll, that they'll do, the way that they structure their design um, from top to bottom. And you, you really did it in this space. And by the way, folks, uh, we're not teasing you. We're, we're going to show you pictures of this space. We absolutely are. I kind of first, though, wanted to tell the story of this. And one of the things, Joey, that you just mentioned is kind of that Hollywood Regency feel. And I, I feel like this space that you put together really is a, a modern Hollywood Regency type of feel. And I wanted to start, you know, if we could just start with the picture behind you, behind me, of that yeah. botanical tile. It just kind of set the tone. Is, is, that, is that where you started or where did, what did you start with? It was, yes, it was the first material that I picked, actually. Um, and I picked it by the second meeting for, uh, to present to the owners of the house and the organization, the Pasadena Showcase House, uh, they, they wanted me to give them a feel because uh, I was the last designer to join in. So I didn't really have a lot of time to do a full presentation. So they asked me, okay, if there's one image that would describe your room, what would it be? 
So instead of looking for inspiration images, I started researching the materials. And I, fortunately, Walker Zanger was one of the sponsors. So I went through their website night after night before that meeting and then came across the botanicals. And I'm like, that's it. You know, I mean, that is the perfect tile for, for this project. So when I showed um, when I showed it to Pasadena Showcase House and the, the owners of the home, they're like, oh, so is this a painting? I'm like, no, it's the tile. It's the actual tile that we are going to use. And they're like, wait, what? Like, that's a tile? <laughs> so, it, you know, and I told them, yeah, it's big scale. It's 24 by 48. Um, so, you know, you're not going to end up with little leaves. It, leaves are like full-scale monstera plants um so it, it's it's fabulous so i that was my first image and the first material and then luckily like all the paint color palette that i have i had to choose from just matches what's on the tile so it just really came together one of the things that I love, and uh, Erica, would you do me a favor and go back yeah. to that image, please, for one second? Right. One of the things that, that I love is I was just talking about that fingerprint, right? And because of your work, and I'm so familiar with your work, there's a couple of things, folks, if you're watching this, I, I'm going to point some things out. And if you're listening, um, well, in, enjoy the story, but you can also go, we're going put to put together a video and we're going to put some images on Instagram. So a couple of things I want you to notice first is how, Joey, I want you to talk about how you integrated the, the, the fixtures and the hardware uh, into that tub. That tub is amazing, but also notice part of the fingerprint, one of the things that you do so well as a designer is the way that you take the light that, you, that you're given and integrate so many other forms and sources of light. This particular bathroom, for folks that you can't, that you won't see here for the most part, opposite the tub, there's a, a window that looks out to the motor court. That window is now covered by a wall because you installed the steam shower on the other side of that, and we'll see this in a minute. But if you look down at the floor, you can see that underlighting because that tub is on a raised pedestal, which could be a disaster in a bathroom. <laughs> but it's but you you really did everything possible to highlight it and it's almost like a little stage is that what you were thinking well when i first started doing this type of lighting it was out of necessity really um because whenever you have a change of steps it's always dangerous because it's a tripping hazard and um i i always want materials to be in its purest form so if you notice i always insist on mitered edges so I really rarely use a butt joint. So when you miter an edge, there's no differentiation of, of the lower step versus the upper step. So it becomes really dangerous. So um, instead of putting a sticker or, or putting a different material, I wanted the purity of material to remain. So I started lighting them up to kind of just say, hey, there's a step here. So it all started from safety, from necessity, uh, function and it just became uh, the signature like you said uh, we, we light up everything now <laughs> it's kind of a running joke in the construction site oh you want a light here right <laughs> whenever I have change of surfaces or change of material um, so it kind of designates that step but in effect it became kind of like a stage uh, for this particular project 
because we are, you know, it's it's a showcase house, so we're only involved in in a certain area, and we can't really touch the area below us or next to us. So when you're moving plumbing, obviously the ideal way to do it is, um, you know, through the existing through through kind of the crawl space or uh, the plenum space or between the floor and the ceiling of the the floor below. However, we cannot, we cannot do that here. So to be able to move the tub where we placed it, we have to have a step up so we can drain it properly. Um, so again, out of necessity, uh, the solution to those small problems became the, the design detail that really stood out. Yeah, I love that. And, it, and it's funny because as we talk through this, um, for those playing at home, it's kind of like a Where's Waldo. If you can pick out all of the lighting sources that Joey has incorporated into this room, and, and I don't mean just your standard lighting, you know, there, there's fixtures here and there, there's underlighting here and there, but if you look at that tub, because you've, you've got a reflective surface, on it, you're using that light to reflect off. If you look at the fixtures above, you can see how there's additional light bouncing off the, off the ceiling. You're gonna find some very interesting lighting sources here, including if you look over to the left of your screen, you will see a very interesting angle. And the reason that's so interesting, so talk about these mirrors. So you've got, you've got talk about Hollywood Regency and you've got, you've got mirrors and light everywhere, but you've got mirrors at very strange angles because um, that's how the house was designed. So how, yes. did, how did you work with that? How did you bounce the light around and use the mirrors to your advantage? Just to give kind of the context, the, the, they're calling it the primary suite now, by the way, instead of the master suite. I heard um, that. It, <laughs> okay. I guess it's the PC way of saying it. So it's in the second floor. Um, so you're already seeing the shape of the roof. That's why we have all these angles because of the, the shape of the roof. Uh, so in the previous, uh, the way it was before we remodeled it, that was actually all furred out. So the angle was just from where, you know, you see the, the door opening, that's where the angle started. But we thought, hey, you know, what's behind the fur out? Nothing. So to gain space and kind of provide a, uh, a wider countertop, we opened it up and we ended up with this angle. So when we were starting to finish the room, it was just really, like, what do you do there? You know, like uh, you can't really put a towel um, bar either. It's just, it's there. So you have, we have to do something. We have to address it. We can't just leave it painted. So I thought, okay, you know, the old fashioned, the old very easy way to make a space look larger is, is place a mirror, right? However, when, when you start placing mirrors everywhere, it starts looking like either a gym or it, it, it doesn't give that sort of elegance. So the, the difference, what we did here is we actually used a bronzed mirror. So it has like a darker tint. So I've, I've watched people tour the house and everyone is surprised that there's a mirror there because it, it's, it's kind of not in your face. Like until you're looking at it, you don't know it's a mirror. Um, and also talking about the layout, that's the other thing we did. Um, and again, to address another problem we encountered during construction, um, that, that wall where, where the botanical tile is, is actually a big surprise because even though you can see 
the the bathroom from the closet right where you, in, from the bedroom you don't see this tile you know it's like you have to really go in and, and look behind you and like and then it's, it's so it's it's part of the wow it's part of the surprise it's part of the storytelling when you're doing a, when you're designing a space uh, so that whole flow of you walking through you know the bedroom to the his hers closet to this um, entryway to enter the bathroom and then all of a sudden you look back and, and there's more you know and, and that storytelling really kind of gives the drama of the space so Erica could you do me a favor and could you swing us around uh, to look at the shower for a second and yeah uh, while you do that you know Joy, I think it's really interesting because when you when you speak to architects, they always talk about the the language of architecture. And when you talk to designers, designers have by and large talk about the storytelling of design. And I think that it's really interesting that how those things go together. And you know, the space is just so elegant, so regal, so sexy. Um, this is a very cool shot being taken off the mirror from below. And, you know, it, now you can see the step, you can sort of see the arch, you can see the mirror, you can see what, what you had to work with, which is so challenging. And then as you swing back around to see that shower, now you've got two different angles to show off the, uh, the chromotherapy from the thermosol shower. And we'll, we'll get to that in, in a minute. Um, there's the window. So walk me through the shower, and I want to point out a couple of other things that I'd like you to highlight as you do. Okay. First is where you placed the main shower head, how that, that post works, the drain that you, that you see, again, I'm giving it away, the, the Where's Waldo, the lighting, um, the lighting within the drain, and, there's, and I also want you to touch on the fabrication because okay. I know a lot of fabrication went into this. So yes. it's just amazing, all the detail. So part of our design process is uh, not doing inspiration images. It's, it's really about the space, about the, the client, about the architecture. Um, so in, in this particular instance, so when, whenever I'm asked, oh, how, how did you do this? Why did you do that? It's really mostly to address problems. Uh, so we started doing this drain detail uh, way back when because I refused to have a curb in the shower. <laughs> I just think having that, you know, that six inch high step that is six inch wide to separate the wet area from the dry area, for me is so unnecessary, unnecessary and, and, and not visually pleasing. So, so then, you know, I started talking about to my contractors before, okay, how can we get rid of that and, and still pass inspection? Uh, so, so I started asking, why do they need that for inspection? Why, why do they need that curb? So the answer is that to prevent flooding to the rest of the bathroom. So if you have a drain and, you know, you've been using it for a month and your hair is falling off, whatever, and now you have flooding issues. So that drain that that curb prevents the water from exiting the shower area out to the rest of the bathroom. So 
when I realized what the cost of the problem is, then I started thinking, what are the solutions? So, so without putting a drain, we need an area that collects water. And that's what, in effect, this is. It's basically a drain canal or a drain trough. Um, so we started doing that. The lighting of it didn't really start happening until two years ago uh, because, you know, we started doing it all around the, the shower instead of just on one side. So again, if without light, you could easily like <laughs> step on it and then your toe is whatever, you hurt yourself. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, how do we differentiate? Of course we could do a different material, but I thought, oh no, let's, let's light it up. <laughs> so if you, if you go back to the picture uh, of the during construction, you will see how, how wide that opening is. And then we, uh, when we finish it, it's less than two inches. Uh, and the lighting is important. So, so you give your attention to it, you know, not to step on it, hopefully. I've not had a phone call about that, so I think we're good. Um, and, and then the next problem, too, that I had to address is that, okay, you have this drain trough. How do you clean the drain? when something do happen. So putting the bench there uh, gives you, of course, a bench to sit on when, when you're using your steam. Um, you know, it has multiple purposes. But the main purpose for me is that it hides that drain really nicely. <laughs> and, and it's still very accessible. So, um, so the function of it is there. Uh, and then it just ends up really looking good. Now, in terms of fabrication, the first few iterations of, of this detail was, was very hard to accomplish. Um, using a slab actually helped a lot, and especially this is a half-inch slab, and so it's easier to miter. So you have to have a fabricator that is able to cut really, really sharp edges. Um, to have it this clean, you know. So when you're using a three-eighths tile, it's it's achievable, but you know, but a bit more challenging than than when you're, you're using a slab. So this slab, by the way, is also from Walker Zanger, and there's two reasons why we use this slab. So first, it's got that Carrera look to it that you could bookend uh, the the patterns. Um, so the existing space have this really wonderful fireplace and we kept it and the mantle of the fireplace is a solid solid marble Carrera marble so we thought we have to be really cohesive about our choices of material even though once in a while we have this like wow moment so we we uh we chose a slab from Walker Zanger that replicates the look of Carrera marble um, and we've used that in the bedroom as well. So it completes the story. You know, it's not a one-off. But the best part of using the slab instead of a real marble is that maintenance. So I keep on going back to, like, maintenance, the upkeep, the function, because I really feel that design shouldn't just look pretty. It should really function well. Um, so because it's a steam shower, it really helps insulate the room so it keeps it warm during your steam um you know it, unlike carrera marble which is porous you will not have 
difficulties of water zipping, sipping through your marble or your tile and going behind and creating mold. So, which is very important when you're designing a steam room. Uh, we also use this on the countertop. So it, it's, it's just really easy to clean. And by the way, everyone's worried about this, uh, it, it being slippery. Okay, I've used this bathroom. If you've not seen the sneak peek, some, there's a YouTube somewhere of this sneak peek for the Pasadena Showcase House. And I did use the steam in the shower, and I can assure you it's not slippery. Well, no, and that's what's so special about this particular product. And in addition, I, I kind of wanted to go back to a couple of things, back to the fabrication for a minute. And I want to know, when you work with your fabricators, <clears throat> how, much, how much control do you take? Um, for instance, can you, Erica, could you go back to that one uh, image where you're, where you're showing the thermosol um, control panel? Because I want to point out the cut there is really interesting. They, there's a mirrored cut that they did on this and it's it's so elegant the way that they did it and because of the way that the veining was you got to you got to mirror it and sort of butterfly it a little bit and it looks like everything's sort of pointing back to the it looks like it's pointing back to the control panel and the window which from a distance if you look at it 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 looks so intentional and if you look close at it you don't lose any of that detail. I, I just think it's so elegant in the way that that's done. And there's a couple others that I noticed under the under the bench, how you really strategically have the veining so that it all just looks so seamless and natural. And I'm curious, um, how how much participation do you have with that? Or do you trust your fabricators to do it themselves? I'm a major control freak when in, in terms of construction. <laughs> so the first thing after I made the decision of what um, what finishes to use, I actually asked for a, a full uh, scale image from Erica, and she provided me with you know like the actual image of the slab. Uh, so I we did a 3D rendering showing exactly how I wanted laid out. So it's it's to the inch how we wanted it um, and then so aside from providing these images to to the fabricator also during fabrication I I don't let them go to the next step until I approved what's been cut so even before they cut when when they're starting to template you know we coordinate they, they show me where the template falls and how it all works out because sometimes it doesn't quite work out the way I imagine it. So they have to tell me that I have to make adjustments. So we, we've done that a couple of times in this one. You are listening to my coverage from the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts. Back to that in a minute. But first, knowing that a successful showcase or any design project depends on solid partners. Here is one that you should be aware of, if not already. Top designers know this. If you are going to get to the top of your game and stay there, you need strong partners. You hear me talking about partnerships all the time. I've spoken to enough amazing creatives to know that teamwork and strong partnerships are invaluable. Bassman Blaine is a multifaceted home furnishings company with a passion for helping designers do their best work. They represent some of the finest vendors on the planet, and if you are a design professional in California, Nevada, Arizona, or Hawaii, you need to let them help you find the perfect pieces for your projects. Strong partnerships start with a good conversation. 
And I want to encourage you to start one now with Darby Cooperman. An absolute pro, if the last name sounds familiar, it's no coincidence, Darby and I have been married for 28 years. So I know her, and I know that she can help you. So email Darby, Darby C, D-A-R-B-Y, the letter C, at BassmanBlaine.com. Let her help you specify products for your amazing designs. All right, and tell her I said hi. There you go. Thank you, Bassman Blaine. Thank you, Darby. Check them out. Back to the coverage from the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts. How many years now have you been doing the design house? Uh, this is only this is only my third. Sorry, excuse me. This is only my third year um, uh, doing Pasadena Showcase. I skipped last year, though. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yep, I, I skipped last year because after doing two years ago and we did so many spaces and after that was over, the homeowner hired us to redo the house, <laughs> which I'm still working in now today. Are you serious? Really? I was just there two days ago, yes. <laughs> no, okay. this is 2018? 2018 in Altadena. Yeah, okay. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, so, wow. Okay. So I'm still working. I mean, it looks totally different now, but different in a good way. I mean, it totally reflects her aesthetic, which I was able to really, um, I can connect with her that way. Not everybody gets it. Um, especially on this side of town, because <laughs> they're so, so conservative. <laughs> you know, it's it's true. But speaking of that, so let's talk about the project this year. So okay. um, do me a favor. Let's reset the table. Um, start with name and firm and where you're based. Okay, Jeannie Chung. I'm with Cozy Stylish Chic in Pasadena. And what was your room this year? Uh, I did the breakfast room. Uh, it was, a, you know, I thought it was the smallest room in the house. It didn't have very many uh, walls. We had, you know, two walls were full, almost full uh, floor to ceiling windows. And then the other remaining two walls, uh, there were three doorways. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. And so yeah. when you saw this space, what was your first inclination as far as, well, it's got three windows and two doors, and I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Well, you know what? Um, I walked in the space. There was so much sunlight in there. There, you know, I, gosh, excuse me. Um, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of the other rooms, you know, the, the ceilings were low throughout the house, but this room, because all those windows and doorways, it felt totally different. Um, uh, you know, felt like a totally different space. So I thought, okay, why not? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this room. <laughs> that is very cool. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting because when I think of you, I know that you are always going, you have always got like 19 things happening at any particular moment. And with something like this, I'm used to you. So like two years ago, Holy mackerel. I mean, you took on the kitchen, you took on the outdoor space, you took on a couple other things at the same time, which was just stunning. This is a, this is a really subdued space for you. And I'm curious if your approach to the space, because it's a design house, was any different? You know, it's funny because you think it's a subdued space, but, you know, I took this as a really great opportunity. Um, 
you know, it's a small space with the small space. You can put, you can pack a lot in there. So I consider it a little jewel. I've been, I've been telling everybody it's a jewel box. There's something on every, uh, you know, almost every surface area you look up, down, left, right. There's something going on. Um, and the longer you spend, you know, the longer, um, you know, you're in the room, you'll notice little things, but they, they might not be that evident right when you walk in. Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about because this year being so different and, you know, let's be honest, I'm tired of talking about how different everything is at the same time. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a design house, different designers have different perspectives. One of the cool things about design houses is because people come in and they tour it and they walk through it, I've seen a lot of designers, you included, you will put little Easter eggs out there. You'll put little fine details and fine nuances that someone might not otherwise see in a, in a picture or a video, but they'll see it when they're there. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, A, did you do that again this year? And what is your thought on that, considering that people aren't going to be walking through it this year? They're only going to see it in a, in a digital format. So um, you're right. I always put those little Easter eggs um, in every space that we design, whether it be a show house or or just for a client. And um, But you know what? I took this as an opportunity, uh, you know, because, yes, people are going to be walking in uh, digitally. Some may just kind of, um, you know, run through and, and breeze through and not really look at all the details. But there are there are those people who, if that room um, appeals to them, they'll spend time in there. They'll spend time in there. They'll rotate 360. They will zoom in to see all those details. And that's what I'm, you know, I'm going to give my 110% regardless of what the situation is. Um, You ask anybody, I will not skimp. I did not skimp on this room at all. (laughs) I thought about it for a second. Um, I'm sure, did you hear about the situation where our wallpaper got stolen? No. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, you know, in in the um, theme of sustainability, uh, I, um, I used a wallpaper that was made out of recycled magazines. Um, so it was here in our showroom, uh, about two days before we were going to, um, install our, our showroom got broken into and among the computers, the, the iPads, yeah, five, five double rolls of wallpaper got stolen. <laughs> Who does that? I guess somebody does, but you know, my wish is that they do try to install it and they come up like half a length short because (laughs) it was discontinued and no longer in stock at all. So I had to scramble around looking for a replacement. I was able, you know, after, after a few weeks, this was right when COVID hit and every, everybody got put on lockdown. Um, so I was able to find a recycled newspaper uh, wallpaper through um, Weitzner in New York. Um, and then, so I was planning on putting that up. And then when, uh, when they said it's virtual, I thought, okay, well, you know, no one's going to notice. Let me just paint it instead. But then I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm putting it up. I'm going big. You know, I'm doing it all. <laughs> 
And I, I'm glad I did. <laughs> I love that. Um, and I know you are, and I know that you're glad about that. And that's one of the things that, that I love about you and the, your approach. You are one of those people, you are 100 miles an hour all the time. There, mm-hmm. there is no cruise control or cruising speed for you. You are always, yes. you are always going. And so I, I'm curious too, sort of backing up a minute, because you've done the, the Pasadena Showcase House for the Arts uh, so many times. Mm-hmm. And this is clearly different. This has been different for everybody in every way possible. I'm curious, not necessarily how has it been different, because I know that, mm-hmm. um, what have you have you gleaned anything from this? Has this um, changed the way that you work in general? Is this the the way that you will um, will your approach change to the design house in the future? Because has it changed the way that you do what you do? Um, no, I will always approach the de- uh, design house the same way. Um, in regards to our own projects, this whole situation with COVID has changed things. You know, it's kind of forced us to work differently. Um, you know, I have to, you know, I've, you know, I'm, I didn't use Zoom before, um, but now it's such a great tool because, you know, working with clients, I can send them the, the textiles, the wallpapers, the finished samples, and then pull up the model on the screen and um, take them through, because, you know, I build everything in, you know, 3D models. Um, and so I can take them through the space. They can see it from every angle. They can see how it's all constructed and all the, you know, the layering that's going on but then they can touch and feel as well because they have those things in front of them um i'll always do that uh you know and and with uh the pasadena showcase house uh we did that as well you know when we did the walkthrough you have um i think it's longer than before it was 48 hours now it's i think it's four days where you have to turn in your sketches um so I did full on renderings and I looked at my renderings after the fact. I'm like, oh, wow, it looks exactly the same. Nothing really changed. <laughs> I mean, there were, there were more, you know, the little objects that need to be added in afterwards. But, you know, same general idea. Nothing changed. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. And I'm just curious. It's, it's kind of a silly question, but I'm curious if you knew that this was going to be the situation because I mean, everything really shut down on, um, you know, March 12th, 13th, right around there. Mm-hmm. You got your space in November, October, November. Mm-hmm. You've been working on your design since then. You were planning on an April finish. So mm-hmm. basically, you know, you would have been done by this, by this time. I'm curious if you knew that this was going to happen, would you have changed anything? Not necessarily would you have, have scrimped or pulled back on anything, but I'm curious if anything within your design would have changed at all. Mm, no, I don't think so. Same no. thing. I, I, I'm going to approach things. Well, maybe, you know, all the little textural details virtually. I don't know how that's going to read. Um, 
you know, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, they're doing everything in high definition three, uh, 360. So, um, you know, I'm praying and I know that Peter's going to do a great job. Um, but, uh, yeah, I may have chosen a different wallpaper. Uh, everything else I think would remain the same. And you're talking about Peter Christensen Valley, uh, who's, who's the photographer who who's, shot the entire house. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting too, isn't it? In the past, the media around the design house has always been—I don't want to call it an afterthought because mm-hmm. it's always been important, but it's always kind of been like secondary to what was being done because the goal here was really to put people through the house so that Mm -hmm. people could walk it, go to the parties, go to the events, see it, see what was happening. And now one of the things that we've done is, or what we've seen because of this is we've had to completely change the manner in which a design house is viewed and seen and enjoyed and most importantly experienced, Mm -hmm. right? Because designers are storytellers. Your story was meant to be experienced. And I don't know, I don't know how this is going to, if this is going to pan out. I don't know if any of the trade publications are going to, are going to pick it up. And even if they do, you know, there's, there's so, they don't run as much editorial as they had in the past. So this media is really absolutely critical to, to exposure. You're absolutely right, because I know that uh, right before Media Week, I had to put together my talking points on on the room. And then I I mean, I do have an avenue um, um, which I'm going to tell my story because I write a blog. So I will be able to do that there, you know, and show some video and really talk about those little things that people may not notice. Um, but for those designers who do not, you know, who don't have a blog or, um, you know, I, I do suggest that they take advantage of all the social media out there. You know, I did try to mentor some of the newer designers um, to the house to take advantage of all that. It's free. You know, get your message out there. Show the process as you're, as you're putting the house together uh, because people don't realize the amount of work that goes into it. There, and not just, not just building up to the opening of the house, but also, as I'm doing right now, dismantling the house. <laughs> That's right. So, and you know what? That's... I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that we never ever talk about is the the dismantling of yeah. it and the t- the taking apart of it and is is that sad for you is that or or is it satisfactory is, is there a sense of satisfaction because you you you've done the job you knew it wasn't permanent I wouldn't say it's sad it's just um it's more of just being frustrating frustrated in having to do all those little repairs and you know fill all those little nail holes and (laughs) yeah that um and it's not so kind on my lower back either no no it's not Uh, so um wanted to circle back with you on the partners that you've used and and this is the interesting part of it too because the the partners aren't necessarily getting the same in exposure in the, that they've mm-hmm. gotten in the past. It's always been in person. Now it's virtual. Um, who did you use and how did you use them? 
I mean, I had some really great partners. So I'm like trying to think here. Um, uh, Arpy, uh, Arpy uh, of L'Artiste, who did the ceiling, uh, she did the the painted mural ceiling. And when you'll, when you'll see the room, it was painted a high gloss white, but then she painted a beautiful black, um, uh, black and white kind of magnolia uh, tree branches and buds and then I had embroidered butterflies hanging off the ceiling were you able to see that the room I haven't seen it yet no you're kidding no 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 <laughs> Yeah, so she she was a great sponsor. I worked with replacements out of North Carolina, and um, uh, I used all their vintage uh, china uh, and tabletop. So um, again, in the and see the thing is when I'm given a theme like we were given this year with sustainability. I totally run with it. It's not just like okay, I'm gonna put one thing in there. No, I'm gonna you know, really make that a uh, major theme in the room so people won't be able to to miss that. So with the China, I, I used, um, I don't even know how many patterns. There was just one of each. And it was a, it was a mix and match of patterns and colors and, and, um, and just wait, you'll see. <laughs> well, and, and it's, you know, I'm excited to see it, but it's interesting because, um, in the past, whenever I've done this, and I've done this for like the last four years in a row, I've I've always gone out. And the beauty was I get to be out there and see the space first and really take the room in uh -huh. and, and then talk to you about it. So this has been really different for me too, because I was there recording um, some live videos, which was the first time out in a long time. I was there a couple of weeks ago, but I couldn't walk through the rest of the house because there were there were there were still so many things going on. Um, okay. so I haven't seen it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it, but this is the first time I'll be experiencing a, des a design house the same way that everybody else is Ah, okay. On online. And have you seen any sneak peeks of the, the pictures? No. Social media? You haven't. So you've kept away from all that. I've, okay. I've intentionally kept away from it because uh -huh. this year I figured, you know what? I, I'm not going to have an opportunity like this again. Normally I get that journalist perspective where I'm there ahead of time. I walk through it by myself and just sort of take it all in and then talk to the designers. And, you know, our, our conversations in the past have always been, well, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you go in this direction instead of that direction? This year, it's like, you know what? Tell me what you did because I have no idea. <laughs> now, are you going to like after you're able to see the, um, you know, the the house uh, via the 360 tour? Are you going to give your take on how that experience was versus a physical experience? Yeah, I'm because I'm working on a lot of things right now. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny as as with Convo by Design, I've taken on sort of a, more of a producer role for a uh -huh. lot of the clients that I work with. So I'm, I'm producing a, a lot of content for a lot of brands. I'm producing a number of podcasts for others. And so, uh -huh. and so okay. this, this has taken me sort of from necessarily providing information as a journalist to doing it as a, as a brand partner, as a brand yeah. consultant to say, you know, here's one thing. And by the way, you bring up a really good point. I, I think that where we stand right now, and let's see, what is it? We're, we're in September of 2020. 
and we're at this quasi reopening where some people are open and some people aren't open. And for you going to show uh, showrooms to try to specify product or do a sit test or, you know, feel the texture or see what's available or, or if even it's just simply to talk to your contact mm -hmm. and say, how are you? What's going on? What's new? All of that is changing because many of the showrooms don't, uh, don't know how to reopen yet. They don't know how to receive people. Well, you know, we're a showroom yeah. and we're in the, we're in the middle of construction, actually. We're expanding. So we've taken over the whole building. And um, so we've had to close, that's why it's kind of a mess over here. Uh, we've had to close our um, showroom for the public right now because everything's crammed into here while construction's going on. Um, but, um, you know, designers are busy. Designers are busy. They want they want product. I think um, most of the issues are on the supply side <laughs> right now. Yeah. yeah, and how are you how are you dealing with that? Like like the fact that you were able to replace your wallpaper, I think is fantastic. But it couldn't have been easy. No, it wasn't easy, and and a lot of it was you know price point <laughs> because um, you know what I had before you know it was selected for a certain reason, and you know it, it was within our budget, um, and it was one of the lines we carried uh, that we were a stocking dealer of in our showroom. So this I had to go through you know a different showroom, so it was a it was a different scenario with that. But um, you know what? If there is a will, there is a way. Um, <laughs> and believe me, I've I've always got a will. <laughs> yes, you do. I know that. And um, as as always, this has been so great catching up with you. I absolutely love it, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing your space. Yeah, I can't wait till you see it too. So, are we? Where are we going to hear your feedback? That's what I'm I'm curious about. I want to I want to hear what you have to say about about the house and your commentary. That's a really good question. Um, because I, I hadn't decided asking, it. You ask us, but hey, as a journalist, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's, that's a really <laughs> interesting question. What, what do you... Wow, okay, look at Jeannie turning the tables on me. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> no, I love it. What, I'll tell you what, what would you like to see? Um, you know, I, I'd almost... I'd really love to see video of you actually walking through the house, you know, on your computer. And, you know, Interesting. That's a as, good idea. May, maybe as you're navigating your screen and hearing your voice and what your thoughts are. And maybe even, okay, here's another thing. How about having the designer on the line with you as she's, he, she or he is talking to you while you're walking through the space digitally? Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Right? Jeannie, that's a really good idea. I know it is. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? I'm going to try to figure out how to do this. Okay, let's. All right. Let's. I love it. We, 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 and you'll, you'll be my first tour. There, there you go. I'll, I'll be glad to do that. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Jeannie, as always, it is so much fun catching up with you. Thank you for the time today. I really appreciate Same. it. This was so much fun. I love design houses, and I know you do too. This year, Pasadena Showcase is going virtual. And if you want to see their presentation, please go to pasadenashowcase.org for virtual tour tickets and information.
Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your continued support of the show, and thank you for listening. Were it not for you, there would be no Convo by Design. Please make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss a single episode of the podcast, and you can find Convo by Design everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. You can also ask your smart device to play Convo by Design, and it will. Just say, hey, Siri, play Convo by Design, and she will. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find us on Instagram at Convo by Design with an X. Be well, and until next week, keep creating. 